One thing about these dates that doesn't give us much to talk about, does it? Oh, no. We are we are stuck. Yeah, we're kind of fishing for stuff. Yeah. So people have to send us in topics. Or yeah. Something. I mean, you know, people should send in a question <laughs> or something, you know. This is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. With me today is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His, his name is Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Hanging in there. I'm hanging in there, man. These yeah. are interesting times we live in. So, yeah. so sad to watch, but uh, not surprising. Not surprising at all. Uh, I was telling you on the way over here that, uh, you know, the movie that's playing out right now is pretty boring. The book is way better. <laughs> I would definitely encourage people to, to read the book that, that uh, to this movie that we're seeing. And uh, today we are actually going Cause the, to... Because the end of the movie is really good. Yeah, yeah. The, it, end it, the, the, the end gives hope. Yeah, well, the book just gives you everything that you need to know. So, you yeah. know, the the book... See, the book... This is why the book is better than the movie. I'll just we'll 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 start here and then we'll see where it goes. <laughs> the book is better than the movie because the author mm. wrote it for us to know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when we're watching the movie, it's like there are surprises. It, like if we haven't read the book, then there's so many surprises. And that messes with us because it it makes us you know it puts us down. We feel, uh, you know, we're we're discontent. We we feel bad about it. But if we read the book, yeah, and study the book, then we know what the author intended, and it just makes our lives so much more purposeful because we know that there is a a, a positive ending, yeah, to this, Sin- and it also gives us what what we're supposed to do. You yeah. know, sinful fear is a big deal right yeah. now, and the. And the the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the perfect word of God drives that out. Yeah, and that's the book that we're talking about, the, the perfect word of God. If you want to know how perfect it is, read read Psalm 19, and uh, you'll, you'll get an idea of why it is perfect and how it is perfect. Enlightens the eyes, refreshes the soul, brings... Mm-hmm security to the heart and i like the the favorite part of that is sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb Amen. that's that's the great part about it too it is. well what we're gonna kind of you know flesh out today i would say uh is is kind of just a uh a continuation of the conversation that we had last time with George, Pastor George from uh, mm. Belcroft Bible Church. Sorry, Baltimore Bible Church. I do that every single time. It's okay. Yeah. So My sister. Yeah. BBC. So um, we are we are going to talk about that. Um, we are going to also talk a little bit through uh, some of the, um, the 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 points that uh, Matt has uh, given or gave in his last sermon, which. Um, We've we've gotten some some different type of feedback uh, from that, which is which is great. We always want the feedback, but uh, the biggest thing that we are looking for, and I would I, I am speaking for Matt right now, is yeah I'm I'm not scared to. Uh, the biggest thing is was it true or not, and that is the question, and the answer is yes, it was biblical and it was true. So. Uh, if, if we're going to answer a question before it is asked, that is the question that we're going to ask. Uh, is it true? And the answer is yes. Oh, I just realized that I am controlling YouTube at home from my phone. So I need to close the app because Beverly is at home watching uh, the sermon. And I just paused it and messed it up for her <laughs> because I was controlling. Cause I was looking at YouTube when I was at home. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Honey. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm apologizing well after the fact because she's not going to hear this until later if she listens. So um, here's the topic that here's here's coming to kind of, kind of some of the uh, the points that I want to, uh, you know, kind of flesh out. And these have been just things that have been on my mind. Uh, the first thing is I want to start off with the truth. Mm. And one of the top one of these the sentence that I came up with um, and. This came from an, a conversation I had with one of the young ladies at our church, and she was very grateful for the podcast that we did mm-hmm. uh, around uh, the, the Black Lives Matter, George Floyd murder, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Pastor Lawson. And my comment to her was simple and complex. It was this. I want you to critically think through 
the scriptures that were put out uh, there, like we, we spoke through scripture. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about those things because uh, you as a young white lady would be very, very uh, uh, susceptible to the, um, the hatred yeah. that would be from these situations. Mm-hmm. And um, my basic thing was the truth is what protects us. Mm-hmm. Because I see right now where we're in an age of, you know, white people are supposed to apologize. You know, black people are supposed to give reparations, you know, all of this. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of white people. And when I say white people, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean it yeah. like my white brothers and sisters in Christ that sure. are, you know, pursuing Christ. They will be extremely susceptible to the lies of the devil and the, and the wiles of the devil because of the fact that they feel bad. Yep. You may feel bad about what happens to black people when, yep. you know, they, they might get pulled over more than you. And, you know, you feel bad. Matt, I want you to kind of speak to that and how how white people should feel. I, sure. I put it that way. And <laughs> and and I'll let you answer that Um I would I would I would say that that and with the premise of the truth protecting us. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, without question, I I'm glad you asked that question. I think that's a good question, and I think it gets to an issue that I think is going to become it already is, but it's going to become even more paramount mm-hmm. practically in the church, um, especially for those who are not as personally involved or well versed with this they're going to start to feel it and not know what man wait a minute where's this coming from am mm-hmm. i guilty of this am right. i supposed to bow down I got a phone call from my mom today who's a nurse at a at a pretty good sized hospital and they were doing a whole photo op and all the nurses white nurses were supposed to wear their white coats while the black nurses wore black shirts and the white nurses were all supposed to kneel down and bow down before the 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 black nurses with the black shirts and it was all photo op for black lives matter I mean, that's at a hospital. You got to be kidding No, me. no. And uh, so, I mean, that's where this is going. Is this a private-owned or public-owned hospital? No, it's WVU. It's a chain of West Virginia University hospitals. They're all doing wow. it. They're all doing it. And, of course, my mom said, no, I, I will not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, good for you. But, uh, I mean, that's where it's going. It's going to come to that, and it's going to continue to to morph in so many ways. And it's really sad. But uh, answering so much of that biblically uh, how does a how does a person respond to that? Well, one is, as a believer, our identity is never driven by the color of our skin. It's never driven by our financial status. It's never driven by my cultural location. It's never driven by anything other than Christ, right? I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. right? It means I'm a Christ follower. I'm a little Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not an Asian Christian. I'm not an American Christian. I'm not a Russian Christian. I'm not a white Christian or a black Christian. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's what you see in the Bible, right? Yeah. And I was I was so comforted by this because the Bible's clear. Galatians 3.28, very clear, talking about the reality of our unity in Christ, talking about in the gospel, right, doesn't deny that there's not ethnicity. I'm not denying that. That's a conversation we can talk about. Ethnicity is biblical. Um, characterizing people based upon their cultural distinctives, of course, is reality. But who I am, where I find my worth, where I find my comfort, security, is only in one thing, Christ. And that, that's Paul's point in Galatians 3.28. There is neither slave nor free, right? Mm-hmm. There's neither male nor female. Mm-hmm. There's neither barbarian or Scythian. There's, there's neither white or black in our culture. There's just one in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like that is, so I think you have to start there. You, mm-hmm. you always start with your identity. Where is your identity? And this is not just a black-white thing. This is a male-female thing. This is a older woman, younger woman. Mm-hmm. This is a woman that doesn't feel, you know, that her, her body or her life isn't what it should be because she's been antagonized by others. And it goes right back to that same thing. Well, are you a believer? Well, your identity is not found in how you look, mm-hmm. in how you dress, in how you speak, in how uh, you feel. Mm-hmm. Your identity is found in one, in Christ. You are, you are given immeasurable worth because you are the child of God, mm-hmm. born by God, regenerated by God, bought by God. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing greater than that. You've, you're, you're adopted into the family. So, so that discussion has to be constantly reminded 
to people because it's no different here. And sadly, in this conversation, it's something that doesn't come up, I think, enough that so much of this conversation is blowing over that point, and it shouldn't. That point needs to be repeated over and over and over again. And I brought it out and mentioned it in passing today. One of the issues is, uh, even in the Black Lives Matter, where is the emphasis? It's always on the first word, black. Yeah. When I say I'm a black Christian or a white Christian, where's the emphasis? Mm-hmm. I'm, emphas- I'm emphasizing my identity first is this, mm-hmm. and I've just added Christianity to it. Well, right? And yeah. One of my things that I wanted to say is if you are black or white before you are Christian, you have missed what the Bible highlights to be the true issue. That's, that's it. That's exactly what the point is. And so not saying that you can't use that to describe yourself or whatever, um, not at all, but that that is uh, at best a secondary issue when we're talking about who we are, right? And uh, so therefore, if you if you say me, describe me or say something to me that seems offensive to me it's like all right i'm a christian Mm -hmm. (laughs) but what is it right you don't like the color of my skin you don't like where i'm from okay you can you can have that opinion all you want doesn't matter to me take Mm -hmm. it from me i don't care Mm -hmm. right it's not who i am it's my christianity it's my love for christ it's that's what matters to me that's where my life is found not that i don't care about those things but they don't they don't ultimately ground me that's not my anchor you can have them. I've died. That goes back to Luke 9, Luke 14, goes back to the heart of the gospel. What is the gospel? I lay down everything. I give up everything. The Bible says I die to myself. Galatians 2.20, Paul says what? I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Mm-hmm. Meaning my life, my identity, everything that I am is now consumed with one, Christ that's why Paul said in Philippians 3, those things I once counted as gain, I now count as what? Loss mm-hmm. for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, sur- surpassing grace and greatness of, of following and being like Christ. That that's our, that's our ultimate goal, and so that should be our pursuit, and that's our unity. That's where our unity begins, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so that conversation is huge. It needs to continue. That needs to, we need to continue to help people understand that because that protects people. Right, that protects all, all people to where they're not uh, so fragile in finding their identity in temporal distinctions and in, in temporal things, right? And in some so many ways, in lies, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the whole race <laughs> thing, right? Where is that? Mm-hmm. And that is a man-centered evolutionary concept born out of Darwinism, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to talk about that. But that's exactly what it is, and that's where the whole inferior. Uh, complex to a black man came in, right? It's the evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. Darwin, that's all that is. It's all born out. It's, it's bred into us in the public school system here in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, it so much is. And uh, But Act 17 is clear, right? We all come from one race. Mm-hmm. We all come from Adam. We're humans. Yeah. Or sons and daughters of Adam, mm-hmm. if we want to be biblically, technically correct. Yeah. I want to uh, take a moment to uh, suggest a resource, uh, if anything. Um, Pastor Lawson, George Lawson from Baltimore Bible Church, if you go to their YouTube, he did a, and he interviewed the two guys from the Just Thinking podcast, Daryl Harrison and uh, uh, Omaha, Virgil Walker. And um, th- they actually talked about that in the podcast uh, or in the uh, the broadcast. They talked about Darwinism. They also talked about a man who I found very interesting when I looked. Uh, looked yeah. it up after I called his name is Samuel Morton mm-hmm. and that just adds to the complexity of where all of this comes from yep. and the irony is that as people and I would say excuse me whether you be black or white and depending on where you land in this whole racism spectrum mm-hmm. um, there are people that have made that their life story meaning oh, yeah. because I am black I'm always going to be marginalized yep. I'm always going to be put down and looked down upon because of that now that is your focus and that make and and that basically proves the the point that you just made of the black Christian versus the white Christian that's, that's exactly what it is yeah and 
this also brings us to another point where we always try to put an adjective on justice. Exactly. Whether it be social justice and yep. we try to put an adjective on the gospel. Yep. It's the social gospel versus the gospel. So it's it's kind of like there is this narrative, this background narrative that wants to pull somebody else or someone else's ideas into Christianity yeah. and what that does is that literally takes it and gives it the opposite meaning yep. because of the fact that it is not scripture. It's not yep. scriptural. It's, yep. it's nowhere found in the Bible that there is, there are black Christians and um, I appreciate, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it, it, one of our older saints after last week's sermon emailed me and was just sharing her heart of gratitude because through all of this, she's, you know, it's a little bit different for some older folk because they're not as in, in tune to all of this and they don't, they're not necessarily personally involved at this level at this time. And she was saying she's just been so confused. And there was something that I pointed out that just clarified so much for her, And it was the fact of going back to what you said, I've been using, I've been striving to use biblical terms repeatedly and not and and not using non-biblical terms like racism. If you go back, you won't hear. I've, I haven't I haven't used that mm-hmm. because I, I think it's 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 a term that's really lost its meaning, mm-hmm. and it's a term of art now where you use it against me, and that's what's happening all the time. It's a term that is used and thrown out. It's a volatile term term to instigate arguments mm-hmm. and to corner people, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I, I know the re- the rhetorical tricks, right? Mm-hmm. As somebody who lives by rhetoric, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm not going to play that game. So I'm going to use the biblical terms, right? Yeah. And the biblical term is injustice, mm-hmm. right? And so I've been using that, and, I've, and you see, I'm just, I'm just constantly. And one of the things I pointed out is we have been dealing with injustice in human history since Genesis 4. Really, mm-hmm. Genesis three in a garden, but most specifically Genesis four, where where Cain kills Abel, mm-hmm. right? And from that point forward, I even traced the injustices we see all the way through, mm-hmm. all the way to the tribulation. That was the, your that yeah, was your sermon, the first one yeah, about yeah. First Peter five. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, went all the way to the tribulation where it will not stop. Mm-hmm. Right there, it is tribulational saints crying out to the Lord for for justice mm-hmm. because they have been wrongly persecuted. And she, and, and this, this is this is vital to the point. She was so encouraged because it hit her. This is not something new. It's not. This is the fruit of sin. This, this, the issue is sin. It will always be here because man will continue to be sinners because we're born sinners. And that just really helped her because if you listen to the media and you listen to the news today. It's like this is some newfangled thing or some great thing, and it's like, well, yeah, discrimination, injustice, no matter where it is, no matter when it happens, is wrong. It's mm-hmm. evil, mm-hmm. and we should hate it, and we should call it out, and, and when we see it, we should defend one another, and we should stand up against it. Absolutely, hallelujah, I believe in that, and I would do that. I teach my boys from the time they're old enough to talk. One of the things they're to be as a godly man is they are to protect all people. I mean, I'm ingraining that into them starting at four years old, Mm -hmm. right? No matter where you are, when you see anybody, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, man, woman, black, white, Asian, Muslim, I don't care. If somebody's being hurt, you stand up for them and Mm -hmm. defend them, right? I mean, that's that's what we do. But the reality, going back to your point earlier that I want to hit on this, how do we help people in the church from being deceived by this. Mm-hmm. Well, we steer them to where their identity is found. But we also steer them. This is a big one. This is going to become even bigger, I think, than it is now. And that is the whole white guilt thing, mm-hmm. driven by whiteness. Mm-hmm. So most people don't understand that Black Lives Matter, they have their own doctrine. And the doctrine of depravity, just like we do, they have their own doctrine of depravity. Mm. And it's driven by whiteness. Mm. That is their depravity. So you are depraved because you're white and privileged. Wait a minute, hold on. You gotta let's slow down a little bit, because that right there, what you just said is 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 groundbreaking for me at least. Yeah. Because I never ever looked at that as their depravity that yeah. they are explaining is oh, yeah. actually whiteness. Yes, absolutely. That is crazy. So so yeah, and and so it's 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 amazing to see the parallels between. The gospel and 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 really the Bible and the doctrine and it literally is doctrine. It's like nine thousand 
uh, word mm-hmm. statement that they put forward, mm-hmm. what they believe. And when you read it, you see that uh, their depravity of man is tied to whiteness and privilege. Okay, mm. so that's your that's your depravity. You can't change that. So where the gospel talks about our depravity and our guilt, because that's the term, our guilt is not tied to our 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 um, ethnicity. It's not tied to the color of our skin. It's not tied to our cultural uh, distinctions. It's tied to two factors: one, that I'm born from Adam. It's called original sin. Adam sinned and he passed it on to all of his children, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Romans 5, 12, uh, sin entered the world through one man, Adam, mm-hmm. and sin spread to all men, mm-hmm. right? And death spread to all men. Why? Because all men sin. So we get our sin, one, from Adam. He was our he was our federal head. He was our representative. What happened to him happens to every human being. So he sinned. We all become sinners by nature. And then... We're born with that sin nature, and immediately, what do we do? We sin. So it's a double guilt. I'm guilt because I'm in Adam, and I'm guilt because I prove it when I live my life. I sin by my own volition. So it's uh, that's where my guilt comes from. And what's so important about that is because people are going to continue to be imposed, this imposition of guilt on me based upon my color of skin, based upon my cultural uh, distinction, meaning if it's, you're really depraved, if you're a rich white person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so so people are going to begin to feel this pseudo guilt, right? But it's important when they learn, no, 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 I'm not guilty because I'm white. I'm guilty because I'm a human being, mm-hmm. and I'm just like you, and mm-hmm. we're both guilty. We're guilty in the eyes of God because we're in Adam. We're in Adam, and we prove we're in Adam because we're in sin. We live it. You're no different than me. So welcome to the party, pal. We're both guilty. And so so that helps our people understand because here's why. And it's part of their system. There's no hope for white people. In their system, there's no hope for privileged white people. There's none. There's no way to get out of your guilt. You're white. Sorry. That's You're depraved. There's no way to change it, right? Reparations and all of that, they call upon you to do, but you cannot change your state. But the gospel, ah, the gospel gives hope because you're guilty before an almighty God and you, and, and yet it can all be changed by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you get a new heart Mm -hmm. and you get a new life and you get hope. Right. And so it's so sad. So yeah, we got to keep teaching our people sound doctrine because sound doctrine will always protect you Mm -hmm. from error. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, we don't need to understand and articulate all the fine truths of Black Lives Matter or anybody else, because it'll be somebody else after them, mm-hmm. some other Gnostic system that comes onto the scene. We don't, we, don't need to, we don't need to know all the finer points. What we really need, need to know is the gospel mm-hmm. and scriptural truth. Mm-hmm. And as those become uh, bedrocks in our life, they protect us from all error. Because then I can spot it. If I know the truth, I can spot error in a in a heartbeat. And uh, but you're right. It's gonna we're gonna have to protect our people, and uh, that's kind of my passion. Yeah. Because this is really sad. I uh, as you were ta- telling that, you know, talking through that, I was reminded of a clip that I saw of this uh, female that was what she would consider preaching. Um, I I don't want to call her a female pastor, but that's probably what she calls herself. She actually used the original sin um, in that in that sense. So she was she was basically saying that and she asking the question, why is it that Christians uh, can believe in the original sin of Adam, mm-hmm. but they cannot believe in the original sin of the white man? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, man, are you asking me? Because I'd love to answer that question. Because I can <laughs> do it in about two seconds. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> Let, let me finish. Sorry. 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 <laughs> He's riled up today, man. Yeah. He's riled up. This all started when he talked about sin on uh, the Wednesday. last Wednesday night yeah. uh, Bible study that we had. I, I saw it. it. Let me just say it. Very clear. Sin is the issue. Yeah. Sin is the problem. Yep. Sin is the greatest enemy. Sin is the world's worst tyrant. 
Sin is what you're seeing play out before your very eyes. Sin is your greatest problem, and your only answer is Christ. I mean, that's that's it. That's it. We're missing it. it well, the people, I think, excuse me, I think that people are missing it, but I also think that people do get it, but they don't want to deal with their sin. No. They, they're, they're scared to, not scared to, but they don't want to because that would make them the problem. Yes. That would make their own sin the problem. Yeah. And they would much rather, in a lot of cases, especially in the black community, want to blame other people you're, you're, for this. Yeah, you're, you're paraphrasing in many ways Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. They know God, and they, they know that God says those that do these things, Romans mm-hmm. eight, what is it, thirty Romans one thirty two, they know God and they know the 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 uh, law of God that those who practice these things will be condemned by Him, but they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they, they, they approve. Suppre- yes, they approve of those of other people that yes, do it. They and suppress they, the truth. And so it all comes back to knowing the truth. You can't suppress that which you do not know. Yeah. And that's his point in uh, verse, what is it, 20. They suppress the truth. They push it down. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what's going on here. And uh, it's really, really sad And because that was all of us at some point. And God's sovereign grace opened our eyes. So, yeah, no. Well, go ahead and answer the question. No, the answer, I mean, it's it's simple. And and, uh, if it was in the Bible, I would embrace it, right? Mm -hmm. Original sin is is clearly in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's undeniable again romans 5 you know sin entered the world through one man Mm -hmm. adam death came into the world by that sin and death spread to all men why because all men (laughs) sinned right so that's the chain right and that's uh romans 5 12 first corinthians 15 uh says the exact same thing um that reality and um you see it even in genesis adam sins and what happens after that Right next, I just said it a minute ago, Cain and Abel, Mm -hmm. sin, murder, and then chapter 5 is explicit. The whole generation, I forget how many, nine generations after Adam, or forget exactly how many are lined out there, but every single one. I think it's one of the saddest uh, chapters in the Bible. And he died, and he died, and he died. I mean, when you look at it, Mm -hmm. it jumps off the page. And why is that so uh, horrific? Because it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, what is it, verse uh, 19. If you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Mm. What do we see happen with all of his uh, offspring? They all die, Mm -hmm. every one of them. The curse that God said would be in Adam is proven to be in all of those who came after him because... It spread to all mm-hmm. men, just as Romans 5 said. Of course, it's even more horrific when you get to Genesis chapter 6 with uh, Noah and the flood, and uh, God is clear. Every inclination of man from birth is evil, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a sad reality of sin spreading uh, and marring uh, man. And so, yeah, no, I mean, original sin and and the sin of Adam spreading to us is what the Bible teaches, and it's... Uh, that's why we believe it. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's not a. Um, some sort of uh, syllogistic system. It's scriptural, mm-hmm. right? And um, so, sin is guilt is driven by uh, by the reality of sin. Guilt is declared by God, so He declares us guilty because He sees us as sinners in Adam, and He and then guilt is also displayed by my actions of sin. So it's both ways, right? I'm declared guilty because I'm in Adam because my because his sin is now my sin, but I'm also declared guilty because I have sinned before God, and so uh, there's no way to get out of it. Um, sin brings guilt, and guilt is uh, from the beginning to the end. It's interesting in Genesis chapter three. Um, why why does uh, Adam and Eve go from chapter two verse twenty five? They were naked before one another and unashamed. Mm-hmm. And then in Genesis chapter three verse seven, they're hiding and sewing fig leaves together. Mm-hmm. And the text said, "Why? Because they were ashamed." Mm-hmm. What does shame speak of? Where does shame come from? It's the fruit of guilt, mm. right? And so you see right away that guilt spreads in. Why? Because guilt comes with sin. Uh, whether you feel it or not. And Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, and um, as Romans uh, is is really clear, God uh, condemns all men guilty Mm -hmm. under sin. So, yeah, Yeah. that's what the Bible teaches. That's the answer. Yeah. One of the, so I have like 
a, a, a series of points that I wanted to make sure that were, uh, that were put out there. One was the, this movement is making us think white people are the problem and inferior. Yeah. That was one. Yeah. Um, the other one was Satan goes around like an angel of light. Yeah. And I was talking to Brian fish, uh, one of our deacons here, uh, elder Lex, uh, I, I would add that <laughs> onto, onto his titles as well. But, uh, he, he said that, and it was literally a light bulb went off, no pun intended. It was like Satan walks around as an angel of light. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know what? It makes so much sense because that guilt and that shame that you're talking about then spreads to that. And we're, we're talking about, you know, the white people that would be involved. Then they're thinking, I need to do something and I need to erase this guilt and the shame. Self-righteous. So then I want to, well, what is it that I can do? And that goes to like the, the, the video that was going around. Someone that someone said that they were working for black lives matter. They walk across the street, see this white woman. Now this is a white guy talking that was, that was doing this. He walks across the street. I think it was staged says to this lady, Hey, I work for black lives matter. And what I want you to do is to show that you are down with the cause. I want you to get on your knees and apologize. And then she, she gets down on her knees without even asking any questions. And then he's like, well, I need you to apologize. She's like, I, I am, but I just need to think of the right words to say. And that really makes the whole, like, uh, the whole thing of you wanting to do something that self-righteousness, not finding the self-righteousness, well, not, not finding the righteousness in, in Christ, but finding it in yourself, making you the, 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 the remedy. It's another gospel. It's a completely different gospel. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And what does, uh, what does the text say? Um, Galatians chapter one, verse nine, verse, wait a minute. Let me pull it up because you don't don't have my glasses, glasses, man. Verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Hmm. I I, I mean, it's what it is. It's another gospel, Mm -hmm. and it's a cursed gospel. Yeah. Because it will only condemn. It will not. And it will not save, and it feeds off of what is natural within all of us, and that is to be our own heroes and to fix our own plight, and uh, that, of course, is the pride that's within all of us, and every every other gospel is built on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's driving so much of this. And yes, uh, starting, I think, probably next week, I'll be talking about the fact that Satan is, is so much behind all of this, mm-hmm. and you can see it and. And we need to be wise enough to recognize that and call it for what it is. And you can see his fingerprints all over this. And so it's, uh, it's really, really sad. And uh, yet again, not surprising. Yeah, He's been doing this from the beginning. And uh, so, um, yeah, back to that reality of, of white guilt. There's, there's no guilt in uh, anything external. <laughs> The guilt comes from that, which is internal. It's your heart. Yeah. And so uh, uh, at the end of the day, the Bible, again, is clear. It's not what comes out of, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out, right? Mm -hmm. It's nothing on the outside is the problem. It's what's on the inside. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with anything you can see, right? It it has everything to do with who I am. Mm -hmm. I am guilty because I'm a sinner to the core. Yeah. And I need a new heart. I need mm-hmm. a new life. I need regeneration. So, yeah. The the irony, and you said it in a way that I've never really thought about uh, before, the <laughs> the irony of the way that excuse me, the Black Lives Matter movement is set up is that they literally have, and you can go to their website, they have a We Believe, What We Believe page. And I was, we were talking about this off mic that when you look at a lot of churches, yeah. they have a statement of faith or a statement of purpose. And if you literally just, and I did it just now, just so you all aren't thinking I'm, you know, pulling your leg. Uh, it said, I just Googled black lives matter and the website comes up and then, um, in Google, you see, it says what we believe. Mm-hmm. And then it's a, about BLM. And then it says her story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say history. 
Yeah. It says her story. If you go into what they believe, this is what I want a lot of people to realize and see what's going on. Churches do this all the time. They have a page that says what we believe. Not sometimes, like you were saying, it's shorter yeah. uh, than what they actually have. <laughs> but uh, it's we this, we that, we acknowledge, we work for, we intentionally build, we are unapologetically black, we are ourselves, um, we are guided by, you know, um, we make space for these type of uh, these type of statements are like solid statements on what they and where they stand and where their platform is. Mm -hmm. Now, here is the rub. The rub is some Christians that look at this whole movement don't have that for themselves. Mm -hmm. So instead of them saying who they are and knowing who they are, in Christ, mm -hmm. they are very easily pulled in totally. to what they believe. Yeah. And I've had literally personal friends that have looked at this and said, I don't see a problem. Yeah. Now, it talks about transgenderism. Mm -hmm. It talks about uh, lesbian. It doesn't say anything about and I, and I said to Matt, I don't see anything like they say things specific to black women mm -hmm. but nothing towards black men mm -hmm. only thing is indirect is transgender women mm -hmm. or i don't know how they look at it whether it's transgender men that's the only thing that would be you know halfway remote there yeah you want to know why why is that you want to know why that is there's a, and there's actually multiple reasons but one in particular is because if you keep reading you'll see there where they um they they are emphatic that they want to tear down the nuclear family. Mm -hmm. They want to destroy it. They want to relabel it. They want to redefine it. And the nuclear family, whether white or black or any culture, is has always been driven by uh, male headship, male leadership, mm -hmm. a father in the home. Where did that come from? The Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And so they are adamant that they want to destroy that. And one of the ways they will destroy it, and they're seeking to destroy it, is to remove the man from from existence, mm -hmm. right? In the sense of he's not a, it's not, a, it doesn't matter, right? And uh, you're literally taking away part of his design by God is to lead his family, protect his family, mm -hmm. guide his family, and uh, yeah, it's another reason why it's the movement is anti-biblical, it's anti-Christian, it's anti-Christ, because it's taking away one of the one of the major institutions that God designed for the world was and is the family. Mm -hmm. And they are totally redefining it, which, again, Satan takes everything God does, and it's one of his trademarks and tries to rework it, and, mm -hmm. and you see that. So, But here's, here's also the irony, and I, and I, <laughs> I speak on behalf of uh, all the people with darker skin that grew up in neighborhoods with people with darker skin. Uh, I would I would honestly say and um, and when I say honestly say I say this with sincerity and with experience that the issue is that there are I would say besides sin if you're talking socially the biggest problem in the black community is fatherlessness sure that is the one of the biggest issues mm -hmm. you know besides the fact that they need the gospel and they need their sins you know uh, accounted for definitely the fact that there are a lot less fathers in the black community than any other community i don't care if you're white latino yep. whatever yep uh that is one of the biggest issues mm -hmm. now the irony is that this black lives matter movement literally says we disrupt the western prescribed nuclear family mm -hmm. In essence, the Western prescribed nuclear family is already disrupted. Yeah. And you see where we are. Yep. So I don't understand why if... It's irrational. It's it's completely irrational. Because that's what sin is. <laughs> yeah. And, and then what it does is it adds to the fact that they want the whole thing to be... The the, uh, the black family to be uh, uh, a community risen, like the village, yeah, to, the village be, to be raised. Yeah. And for you to just literally say that it's it's what the Bible says, you know, the man leading, the man being the, the, the husband in there, it literally is completely opposite. And I, 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 don't, I feel like I've said completely opposite like four or five times in this entire podcast because if people just listen and open their eyes and pay attention and compare this to Scripture, 
you'll see it so much that it's completely opposite. It's upside down. That's what you Satan know, does. Right being wrong and wrong being right. That's exactly what they're 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 doing here. Calling evil good and good evil. Yeah. And um <laughs> so that was go ahead. You want you want to well, answer that? It, go ahead. Yeah, it's you're exactly right. The reality of fatherlessness is uh absentee fathers and all of that is a disaster. And again, not that uh um it's any better in other groups, including white families, but it's it doesn't matter. We're not comparing that. We're talking about what God says. What he's intended. It's about the truth, mm-hmm. right? It's about Scripture, and God designed the family to be. I mean, that's the f- really it's the first institution He created. Mm-hmm. It's for the establishment of society. It's for the propagation of society. It's for the security of society. Is a stable family, mm-hmm. and when the family breaks down, I mean, so. Uh, I don't know if it'll do it next week or the week after, but I'm going to talk about the four institutions that restrain evil that God designed, mm-hmm. right? The conscience, right? Mm-hmm. The family, mm-hmm. the government, and the church, church right? Mm-hmm. So the conscience of man is completely overrode, right? Mm-hmm. It just it just just snowballed because of man's sin and because of the the world in which we live. It just totally covered. It's silent. It's 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 done. So that restraint has been lifted. Mm-hmm. The next is parents, right? And parents, what is their duty to restrain Mm -hmm, evil mm -hmm. that is born into their home and Mm -hmm. to teach? That's why they discipline. That's why they instruct. What have I said? You've heard me say it a a hundred times. You never have to teach a child to do bad. Mm -hmm. They come into the world naturally, right, as sinners. Mm -hmm. So you have to, somebody has to teach them how to do good. Whose job is that? The father and the mother, Mm -hmm. right? So God establishes that to begin shepherding these these little atoms, these little sinners to come to Christ. That's the father and mother's job. Take that out of the equation. What do you have left? What what is the next institution that God designed? Government. The government. And in particular, what is the boots on the ground government that has to deal with that? Police. The police. Mm-hmm. Now you're dealing with a society that that whose conscience has been seared and shut down, whose family has been disrupted. Now police, who were never, ever designed by God as a government institution to raise people, but now they're put in the place to act as conscience and as parents. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Mm. Now, do what Black Lives Matter wants and take the police out of the equation. Who do you have left? The church. Well, we know where they are, and by and large, they're done. Mm-hmm. So this 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 thing is is disintegrating before our eyes, and uh, and <laughs> that's why we read the book and we know how the end will happen, so we don't get yeah. discouraged. You know, it's funny. Uh, Jeff Durbin, uh, pastor. I don't agree with everything that he is the or his method. I would say he is biblical, but I don't agree with his method sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He said something that I think is really, really good. He said, uh, "Trying to change society instead of changing hearts is like rearranging furniture in a burning house." Yeah. And when he said that, I said, "Hmm, you know, we are." especially with the defund the police and yeah. changing society and, you know, not like you said in, in the sermon earlier, not, uh, not discounting the fact that we need to vote and we need yeah. to have people that are, you know, going to make the right godly decisions. politicians, godly, godly yeah. police officers, godly governors, godly, you know, godly yeah. as much as we can. Yeah. Right. And not discounting that, that we should do that. But yeah. what we see is a lot of Christian churches yeah. and, you know, with them being the, the, one of those, uh, uh, barriers or restraints of conscience, what we see them doing is literally taking up, torches and pitchforks and going to the government and saying we want change we want it now and i'm like well you definitely can get in your pulpit and you definitely can get into your own community and bring that change but it's not coming from you it's coming through the scripture that you show people exactly like that is it's 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 insane that you are looking to other people for exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Literally told to go and make disciples, you you yeah. are asking somebody else to do your job. Listen, history history shows what happens when the church tries to run the state, and that's not good. No, people die. Yeah, 
innocent people die. Are, we, are you talking about uh, the uh, Crusades, the Crusades and, and the Reformation yeah. and all? I mean, all throughout history, anytime, anytime the church tried to take on the role of God, the God ordained role of government, which God ordained for government, not mm-hmm. for the church. Anytime, anytime in history that that happened, um, it, it it wasn't good because that's that's not our role. Mm-hmm. We have jurisdiction in the church, not in the state. Mm-hmm. That's the government's role. But again, go back to the the analogy I was using earlier. The conscience is shut down. The family is shut down. Once the government shuts down, like it's starting to happen, then the church tries. It tries to go into that role and fulfill that role, which it shouldn't, but it tries anyway. That's what's happening now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just like the police trying to fulfill the role of mom and dad is not going to work. You can't do it. You can't be both. So the church trying to go in and fulfill that role and, and, and bring the laws and adjudicate the cases, it's not going to work. And uh, that's why we preach the word and we work on the hearts of men according to the word of God, by the spirit of God, to the glory of God. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's, that's the call. That's the hope. And that's, that's our mission. And um, yeah, it's interesting. We need discernment. We, we need biblical discernment. Uh, James chapter 3 is very clear. We need wisdom, mm-hmm. and the worldly wisdom that that uh, that we are seeing before us, James says, is earthly. It's demonic. It's unreasonable. You were talking a minute ago about the illogical, irrational nature of this whole system. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime something's driven by by man or, or or what James calls earthly wisdom, it's always irrational. It lacks reason. All right, so we have to stop here. Uh, we, there is another part two to this. So what I'm going to do for you all is stop here and give you all everything else next time. What I want to do, um, Matt, if you could help me out, uh, is a couple of resources that I want to uh, throw at you. First, what you can do is uh, listen to our previous podcast, which is the uh, pastoral uh, conversation uh with about George Floyd. That was with myself, Pastor Matt and George Lawson. Um, then uh, George Lawson actually did another uh, podcast uh, slash YouTube with uh, the men from Just Thinking Podcast, uh, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. Um, I would highly, excuse me, also encourage you to go to uh, the Just Thinking Podcast. It's on all the platforms. Uh, they did a podcast uh, specifically talking about George Floyd. I would definitely uh, recommend that. Matt, you sent me one. Yeah. Um, it's called the Pastor Pastor's Soapbox. Soapbox. Yeah, yeah. Seymour Helliger. Seymour Helliger is his yep. name. Yep. Yeah, Pastor. Um, the Cal- name of it Long, is uh, Long Beach, California. Yeah. Okay, uh, racism and reconciliation as Excellent. well. I would highly uh, recommend that. And here's why I would highly recommend that. He speaks on this entire subject from a completely different angle, but it's all biblical and it all points to the same thing. Like I said, we're all, we're all speaking from the same script, so it's all going to be the same. But when I listen to that and I've listened to all the resources that I'm telling you, like it was a completely different eye opening thing. That was, um, it was amazing. And uh, specifically listen to the part where he talks about the color of one's skin definitely can become uh, idolatry and um, idolatrous, I would say. Uh, But listen to that. That is a really good podcast. Another one I want to recommend is one by a gentleman named uh, Pastor Gabriel Hughes. uh, The name of his podcast is When We Understand the Text or What What, W-W-U-T-T. He's a pastor out of uh, Junction City, Kansas, And he did a question and answer a couple of weeks ago on Friday that spoke to uh, this whole thing. And he has uh, clips of another pastor, Vody Bakum, talking on a panel about these subjects. But this actual that that actual uh, uh, question and answer was from six years ago. Yeah. 2014. Yep. That shows you just how long this conversation has been going. But also, uh, Vody Bakken was by himself in where he stood on on all of these subjects, and he was the only one that I would consider biblical on that panel. Uh, also, if you go and look at a few, uh, uh, one is racial reconciliation by Vody Bakken. Another one is he brings out this term called ethnic Gnosticism, hmm. and he uh, unpacks that entire thing. Yep. These are amazing resources, but... Even more than all of these, I would definitely recommend you read 
the entire book of Jude, which isn't that long. Yeah. <laughs> read the book of Jude and also read the entire book of Titus. It really talks about a lot of uh, what authority should look like in uh, the church. Um, I would say First Peter would be another book that you should read. Yep. You have anything else, Matt? That uh, yeah. uh, according yeah. to you know on this Romans, subject, Romans thirteen is so helpful. Romans to, one as well. Yep, yep. Mm. But uh, First Peter is is so so clear on how do you deal with injustice, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean it's just it's really really obvious. So it's so helpful. Yeah, that's good. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, we are going to end here and. Part two will be coming up uh, in a little bit here, but here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good, and just. He must punish sin that deserves eternal, conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own Son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal Son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.